good to see all of you. I think last time I gave a message, I was still sitting on my back porch listening to the birds sing. It's good to be here. I'm going to spend some time in 1 Samuel uh, this morning. And uh, I just want to I want to talk about David and Saul and uh, that relationship and what was going on there. And uh, it's actually, it begins in verse 8, or uh, I'm sorry, verse or in chapter 18. Uh, you know, in 17, uh, David went out and killed, uh, killed Goliath and kind of became Israel's hero. And so beginning in 18, uh, Saul actually took David in as his own son. And uh, he didn't let David go back home to his family. So he took him in and, and uh, Jonathan and David became very close. Jonathan's, of course, is Saul's son, and, and uh, they made a covenant. And But very, very quickly, in fact, in verse 6, um, I'll read verse 6 through 9. Uh, it happened as they were coming when David turned from killing the Philistine that the women came out of all the cities of Israel singing and dancing to meet King Saul and with tambourines and with joy and with musical instruments. The women sang as they played and said, Saul has slain his thousands and David his ten thousands. Then Saul became very angry for this saying displeased him. And he said, they have ascribed to David ten thousands, but to me they have ascribed thousands. Now what more can he have but the kingdom? So, you know, there's instantly he's angry and there's jealousy going on right away and the story goes on um, David or uh, I'm sorry Saul becomes afraid of David because he knows the Lord is with him and he has he's departed from Saul and David was prospering greatly in everything that he did uh, and that caused Paul to, or it caused Saul to just to dread him even more. But all Israel and Judah loved David, and when he <clears throat> went out and came in before them, and then Saul said to David, "Here's my older daughter, Merab. I will give her to you as a wife. Only be a valiant man for me and fight the Lord's battles." Sounds great, doesn't it? He's going to make David a hero. Well, that's not what he had in mind. He was, he was being deceptive. And all throughout this, that was Paul, or uh, sorry, I keep saying Paul. It was Saul's character. You know, just about everything he did. Um, I'll just finish the scripture there. My hand shall not be against him, but let the hand of the Philistines be against him. So he was, he was plotting. And the same thing was going on 
Paul declined uh, to marry his older daughter, but then they found that Michelle, uh, Saul's other daughter, uh, loved David, and, and Saul thought you know he was agreeable to that. So same thing again. Saul thought, well, I will give her to him that she may become a snare to, to him and that the hand of the Philistines may be against him. So again, he's being deceptive. He's trying to ruin David. And uh, on in verse 22, more deception. So Saul commanded his servants to speak to David secretly, saying, Behold, the king delights in you, and all his servants love you. Now therefore become the king's son-in-law. So they spoke these words to David. And, uh, but David said, Is it trivial in your sight to become the king's son-in-law, since I am a poor man and lightly esteemed? The servants of Saul reported to him according to these words which David spoke. Saul then said, Thus you shall say to David, The king does not desire any dowry except a hundred foreskins of the Philistines to take vengeance on the king's enemies. Now Saul planned to make David fall by the hands of the Philistines again. When his servants told David these words, it pleased David to become the king's son-in-law before the days expired. So David rose up and went, he and his men, and struck down 200 men among the Philistines. Then David brought their foreskins, and they gave them in full number to the king, that he might become the king's son-in-law. So Saul gave him... Michal as his daughter for a wife. Then Saul saw and knew that the Lord was with David and that Michal, Saul's daughter, loved him. And then Saul was even more afraid of David. Thus Saul was David's enemy constantly. So I'm going to skip part of uh, chapter 19. I'm going to go to verse 8, uh, verses 8 through 10. When there was war again, David went out and fought with the Philistines and defeated them with a great slaughter so that they fled before him. Now there was an evil spirit from the Lord on Saul as he was sitting in his house with his spear in his hand and David was playing the harp with his hand. Saul tried to pin David to the wall with the spear but slipped away out of Saul's presence so that he struck the spear into the wall and David fled and escaped that night. Now that happened, um, I'm, I'm just going to kind of paraphrase some of this stuff, but it, that actually happened twice. Um, David came back to Saul, was in his house again. Saul tried to kill him with a spear again. And so, you know, if, if you're David in this situation, why, why on earth would you ever trust Saul? If you had an opportunity to do away with him and, know that he could never harm you or do anything against you again, why, why would you not take that opportunity? We'll see later on why not. Um, and th through all this, you know, uh, Jonathan and, and David were very close, and uh, it caused Saul to be angry enough with Jonathan that in uh, chapter uh, 20, in verses uh, 32 and 33, um, Jonathan was defending David and 
Saul got mad enough to kill his own son. He tried. He, he said, it says it in 33 that he hurled a spear at him to strike him down. So Jonathan knew that his father had decided to put David to death. So he's back on the war path. And, and down through, you know, chapters 21, 22, uh, 23, there, David's just on the run. I mean, he's, he's running all over the country, hiding in caves. Saul's chasing him seeking his life, trying to murder him. And uh, so we get over to, to chapter 24, and this is really the point that I wanted to make in this sermon, that is what David's attitude is after all this. I don't know how much time has elapsed between chapter the beginning of 18 and and 24 here where uh, they finally meet up and, and David has an opportunity to kill Saul. But I'm sure it's quite some time with all the things that, the events that went on. Um, I'll start in verse 1. And uh, go through verse 20. Now, when Paul returned from the pursuing of, from pursuing the Philistines, he was told, saying, "Behold, David is in the wilderness of Engedi." Then Saul took three thousand men from all Israel and went to seek David and his men in front of the rocks of the wild goats. He came to the sheepfolds on the way where there was a cave. And Saul went in to relieve himself. Now David and his men were sitting in the inner recesses of the cave. The men of David said to him, Behold, this is the day which the Lord has said to you. Behold, I am about to give your enemy into your hand, and you shall do to him as it seems good to you. So God gave David a choice. He didn't instruct him not to kill Saul or not to harm him or anything else. He gave him a choice. But remember, choices have consequences too. Then David arose and cut off the edge of Saul's robe secretly. It came, it came about afterward that David's conscience bothered him because he'd cut off the edge of Saul's robe. <laughs> that should tell you something about his character. He's been running from this guy. He's been trying to kill him for however long, and, and now he feels guilty because he just cut the edge of his robe. Wow. So he said to his men, Far be it from me because of the Lord that I should do this thing to my Lord, meaning Saul, the Lord's anointed to stretch out my hand against him since he is the Lord's anointed. David persuaded his men with these words and did not allow them to rise up against Saul. And Saul rose left the cave, and went on his way. Now afterward, David arose and went out of the cave and called after Saul, saying, My lord the king. And when Saul looked behind him, David bowed with his face to the ground and prostrated himself. David said to Saul, Why do you listen to the words of men, saying, Behold, David seeks to harm you. Behold, this day your eyes have been your eyes have seen that the Lord had given you today into my hand in the cave, and some said to kill you. 
But my eye had pity on you, and I said, I will not stretch out my hand against the Lord, for he is the Lord's anointed. You know, that there's several things there, but I mean, to be, you know, it, it would have taken a lot of humility. But the first thing is trusting, trusting the Lord. I mean, this, this was an amazing trial to me. Uh, to go through what he went through and then to get to that point and just be able to, to let it go. And as I said earlier, at this point, when he approaches Saul, how does he even know that Saul's not going to just turn and try to kill him again? He's done it several times already. But he trusted God. And he was so trusting and so humble that he was able to let all this go and do what he felt God wanted him to do. A little bit further down it says, And may the Lord judge between you and me, and may the Lord avenge me on you, but my hand shall not be against you. That's, that's David. As the proverb, proverb of the ancients says, Out of the wicked comes forth wickedness, but my hand shall not be against you. After whom was the king of Israel, has the king of Israel come out? Whom are you pursuing? A dead dog? A single flea? The Lord therefore judge and decide between you and me. And may he see and plead my cause and deliver me from your hand. So he was just able to just give it all, everything over to the Lord and, and let him handle it. And that's, you know, it doesn't have to be a person. It can be your circumstances. Uh, it can be anything in your life that's causing a great trial. We have to get to that point where no matter what it is or who it is, we can just do what we're supposed to do by God and let the chips fall where they may, but we're going to let God handle it for us. Amen. Amen.